Ed Sharon, Shape of You. Uh, and uh, before this, we had Phil Collins, One More Night. Well, you do know it is that time of the night that you and I get saucy and sassy. We are going to be talking about uh, uh, sex supplements and the likes. So what I need you to do, I need you to please make sure that anyone under the age of 18 is not tuned in or anyone who's sensitive because we're going to be talking about sex and a very sensitive issue here because sometimes, you know, you want to have a great night, you want to have a great time with your lover, but your things just don't work well and you might turn to supplements to save your sex life. So that's what we're going to be talking about with sexologist Michelle Hope all the way from the USA. She's going to be talking to us about the use of uh, sex supplements. If those help or there are other alternatives, if you'd like to join us, uh, A-Team, you can do so by uh, calling in and you can be absolutely anonymous. Call on 0891-104-207, alternatively on 011-714-2006. You can also send us SMSs on 41391 or WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. Michelle, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, Patricia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's been a long time. I know, I know. But it's always wonderful to be back with you. Definitely a pleasure having you. Thank you for your time. You are a sexologist and we are going to be talking about supplements that could help people with their sex lives. Now, here in South Africa... We have a lot of informal traders and a lot of, uh, um, you know, little shops, corner shops that sell uh, various sex pills and sex remedies and mixtures. But sometimes we don't know what to take and what not to take. Are there um, any, any supplements that you can tell us about that are healthy and, uh, you know, authorized by medical professionals that can help people um, and ignite their sex lives? Well, you know, I think first and foremost, what we want to remember is that supplements aren't necessarily uh, recommended by doctors. While you can get supplements over the counter and they may be here in the United States FDA approved, it doesn't necessarily, and we advise people to speak with their physicians prior to adding a supplement to their routine, Um, There's not a specific supplement that's going to make your penis bigger or going to make you wetter. Um, What you do want to do, though, is if you choose to go the supplement route, take supplements for your whole body health, right, as a preventative measure to ensure you're getting the vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients that sometimes supplements can provide. Um, But to say specifically like a horny goat weed is going to make you more vivacious in the bedroom, there's not a lot, if any, scientific data that would lead us to believe that by taking that pill, it will help you to be better in the bedroom. I know a lot of people sell things, but it's really about your totality of your health. Does that make sense? Most definitely. So we need to think about 
the holistic health side of things rather than isolating our sex lives and saying we just want to take supplements to in, in, enhance our sex lives. But Michelle, when, when we are looking at a poor sex performance, whatever that may mean for whoever, um, perhaps, you know, you, a man does not have an erection that lasts long enough or a woman um, no longer has a high libido. Are there any supplements right. that should be utilized in cases like that? Well, you know, we, we have, have heard about um, Viagra for men, and that is not a supplement. That is a medication that is prescribed by a doctor, um, and that can help with erectile dysfunction if somebody is experiencing that. And that we usually see in older gentlemen um, who may have lower testosterone um, levels, which can sometimes impact uh, their ability to have erections and or could be struggling with some prostate issues. So when we think about that, that's like a prescription for men. They also have something called the pink pill for women. However, the mechanics of those two um, medications are very different. So in men, it is a physiological medication in which it rushes blood to the penis uh, to allow sustained erection. For women, it um, and more, not a psychotropic, excuse me, it's more of a therapeutic uh, medication that might play with the serotonin and dopamine levels in the brain to help a woman uh, become more interested in sex. Uh, but there's two, it's two different things. And, and so one is the body mechanics and the other is the body's brain. You know, I've been on this show before and we talk about how important the brain is for sex, both the brain and the body. And for women, with their libido, um, depending on their age, something like a medication that can help improve, improve serotonin levels, dopamine levels, as well as reduce anxiety to help. Um, and we also need to be very aware of what could be causing the low libido levels in a woman. Is Michelle? it connected to hormones? Yeah. Michelle, on that note, I need to take a quick break. And after that, I'd like us to look at uh, those uh, particular uh, causes or potential causes of a low libido. Um, uh, late night conversations, 21 minutes after 11. We are talking to sexologist uh, all the way from the USA, Michelle Hope. And you can get her at MH Sexpert on social media platforms. Late night conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are talking to sexologist Michelle Hope, and uh, we are looking at uh, supplements that could save your sex life, or even not supplements, perhaps medication, as Michelle has said. Now, before the break, Michelle, you were telling us that you know there are some potential reasons as to why a woman or even a man could be facing low libido. Yeah, you know, I think what. What I've discussed in the past is that the brain is the most important part of our sex lives. Um, it starts in the brain and then it continues down to the body. So first and foremost, we want to start to think about things like hormone levels. Um, is there something going on with our hormones because we're at a certain age? Maybe we are, have experienced menopause. Um, it also could be something in men like low testosterone after a certain age. And then um, additionally, <laughs> things like depression um, can deeply impact uh, your sex libido. Um, and as we have seen this past year, many people are experiencing 
mental health issues because of the global pandemic. And it's important for us to be able to check in to our mental health space. And if you need to address depression, anxiety issues, you should do that first and then work your way to a space where you feel better and then work up back towards regaining your libido, right? Um, And I think we just have to have conversations with our partners about this and not think, oh, I can take this pill and it'll fix it. I tell people all the time, Patricia, pills don't teach skills. And a lot of this <laughs> takes skills to communicate, you know? Mm, mm. So pills don't uh, teach skills. But now what happens if someone has a low libido and they need that a little bit of an extra boost and they perhaps go for that Viagra or they go for that pink pill? Are these medications addictive in any way? Um, can, well, so here's the thing. I think that it won't affect them in a way um, that if you have erectile dysfunction and you need Viagra, you will probably need Viagra for an extended period of time, if not forever, depending on your age. Um, but you can work with your physician uh, about that. For women, again, that's not a body mechanic pill as much as it is um, a, a therapeutic or mental health pill. Therefore, that's something you might want to work on or talk through with a therapist. Um, so I think that would be where I would go there. But you should always be comfortable talking to your primary care physician because they should be able to help you navigate this space as well, even though a lot of times we don't think that the primary care physician is who we should go to first. Mm. Now, you know, what happens, you know, we've heard of stories, especially in South Africa, where someone bought one of these um, uh, condoms that claim to enlarge your penis or claim to give you a harder and longer erection. And when you end up using this condom, you find that there are side effects for yourself and your partner. Now, what happens in these cases? Can we then go back and and you know, say this company is not correct, or should we just stay away from these condoms and products that claim to enlarge or uh, give us longer erections or heighten our libido? Right. So one of the things I think when we start talking about a condom that will make your penis bigger or uh, will will extend your erection time is that you kind of have to know that that is not medically possible. There could be a lubricant on the condom that might give you some type of numbing sensation that could make you feel as though the sensation has been um, heightened. But as far as it growing your penis, um, that is not actually something that would, that's not something that exists to my knowledge. Um, because once your penis is fully grown, it's fully grown. Usually in men, the penis is done growing at about 20 somewhere between 19 and 21. So what you got is what you got, girl. And let's face it, it's not the size of the ship. It's the motion in the ocean. The motion in the ocean. I remember having a discussion uh, with a friend who was open, and I don't know how true it is, but he clearly said, in fact, he clearly said, well, I've got a small penis, but my wife is not complaining. And, you know, and it comes back to your statement, Michelle, that it's not about the size of the ocean, but the motion of the ocean. But what happens if the actual, you know, tool 
is not working. Uh, it does not have an erection. It does not, you know, what should one do if they don't experience erections, no matter how big or small the tool may be? I mean, if the ship can't sail, then we've got issues. So when we think about this idea of, um, like, what happens if the ship's not sailing, you really should talk to your physician because it could indicate a deeper health concern. It could indicate some cardiovascular issues because, remember, how does our blood run through our body? Our heart pumps it. And if you're struggling with um, erections and you're relatively young, that could be an indicator that you have some circulation issues. So I would really recommend that if you're finding you've tried all these different various ways, various things, and nothing is working, then I would definitely urge someone to check in with their physician. Check in with your physician. And And don't forget about Mm. foreplay, because just because your erection might not be working, it doesn't mean you can't please your partner. Mm. So let's talk about that. I mean, if you realize that maybe things are just not working well and perhaps you can't afford the medication that could help you or, you know, you you just don't want to be dependent on medication. Foreplay, as you have mentioned, is another way of pleasing your partner. Uh, How does one go about pleasing a partner but not getting the same satisfaction themselves because they are not having an erection or whatever the case may be? Well, we have to remember that pleasure doesn't always, even in men, doesn't always have to be connected to their penis. You can find heightened pleasure and experience orgasms in other ways. Through breath work, through tantra, some men can experience orgasms um, based on nipple stimulation. Um, So, and really, if you enjoy pleasing your partner, you will feel pleased. I think we need to remember that intimacy and connection doesn't necessarily mean um, penile and vagina penetration. The time now is half past 11. We're talking to sexologist Michelle Hope. Let's uh, come back after this with all your questions, A-teamers, on uh, 0891-104-207. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are talking to Michelle Hope, sexologist uh, based in the United States, and uh, she is uh, educating us around, you know, supplements and healthy sex lives and what we can be doing if things are just not working as well as they should be. Now, Michelle, are there any natural performance boosters that you could tell us that we could use to perhaps enhance our sex lives? You know, um, there is, and I'm not sure what the laws are in uh, South Africa, but we have seen that CBD Um, which is a derivative of cannabis or hemp, uh, can actually stimulate blood flow, help with relaxation, reduce anxiety, boost mood and energy levels in some people. And that, the idea of having a healthy uh, mind, body, and spirit and feeling good can actually help to improve one's sex life. Because remember, the best sex starts with self. It starts with self-care. It starts with making sure your body is feeling good and you're feeling confident and that can help to improve um, sex life. 
Michelle, you know, there's people who suffer from various ailments uh, such as HIV, diabetes and the likes. Do these have a, a direct impact on one's, um, uh, you know, sex lives? And if so, would the supplements or medication assist a person with diabetes if they are no longer having a good erection? Well, um, I think for men that uh, may struggle with uh, 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 erection, uh, erectile dysfunction, and they are on other medications, again, I have to stress that you go back to your doctor and talk to them because there are certain medications that will impact your libido. There are certain antidepressants that can lower your libido. And it's absolutely possible if you're on medications for HIV, diabetes, heart disease, and hypertension, all of these medications can actually impact your brain chemistry, which can impact your ability to uh, become erect, stay erect, uh, stay lubricated if you're a woman. And so it's important that you're totally honest uh, with your physician about these issues because I believe that some of these over-the-counter medications that, or, or over-the-counter supplements uh, that people recommend people take is a quick fix. But really what you want to do is you want to get to the crux of the issue. And usually if you're already on medications or under a physician's care, you need to go to them to really parse out um, what what's happening. And they can be the best to advise you on whether you need a little bit of Viagra or if maybe we adjust your doses, uh, your dosage of some of your meds can help you with that. Now, sometimes you... And know, I think if yeah. you... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think when you first when you first start a medication, mm. after your diagnosis of whatever it might be, and you start a medication, I think it is important to not be afraid to ask your physician in that moment when they're writing that prescription, mm. what is this going to do to my sex life? Because we have to be informed consumers. We can't just assume the doctor knows we want to have a vivacious sex life or our partner and I already have one and if I take this med that could impact the relationship. We have to be able to talk to our physicians about this. You know, there, there are some certain uh, myths go, that go around, like certain wines will uh, increase your, um, you know, your libido, your longing for sex. They go to the to the southern areas. But is it true? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, there's, there's a particular brand of wine, I won't mention names, but it, it's, a, it's a white wine. And I hear a lot of women who say, ooh, when I drink this, mm, 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 I can have it all night. And trust you me, if Patricia has a glass or two of that particular wine, nothing happens. So it's either something's wrong with me or the, this is just a myth. Well, when we think about alcohol and what alcohol does to the brain, it lowers our inhibitions. And it lets, especially for women, it lets us get out of our own heads. A lot of times what inhibits us from being able to enjoy sex and really um, get, get, get lubricated is because we're overthinking so many other things, right? Uh, women's brains, we, we bounce back and forth from both hemispheres. So we tend to multitask in our thoughts. And when you're trying to get into the mood, sometimes you can't think about, did I wash the dishes or who's going to pay the light bill um, and, and feel sexy and get yourself to a space where you're aroused. So it's really, it's, I wouldn't say it's the drink, Patricia. I can't, I'm not co-signing it. I'm not co-signing it. <laughs> you're um, not co-signing on the drink. 
<laughs> but, I'm not. I'm not. And I know people say things like horny goat weed can, wheat can help and all these different things. But there's just no data out there. Mm, that's the thing, right? But then I've heard like uh, one of our A-teamers who called in and said, listen, I just cannot have sex if I have not had some beer in my system. And others will say, well, if I drink gin, I, I, I get a bit more, you know, excited and my rounds go on forever. So clearly, there, yep. even though there's no scientific proof right now, but there's a lot of people who feel like the consumption of alcohol, um, it does increase their sex drives well i mean and to a point because it lowers your inhibition it, it relaxes you it um makes you feel euphoric but but let's be very clear that too much alcohol one does not have the right to give consent if someone is too intoxicated then um you know having intercourse with them if they can't remember, they're slurring their speech, that is not an affirmative consensual yes. Um, but it does make people lose their inhibitions. That's why it can be kind of dangerous to overconsume alcohol, um, to, to overconsume alcohol and then partake in intercourse. While it might be fun, and I'm sure we've all been intoxicated before while having intercourse, it can really become a slippery slope. Yeah, and it could lead to a lot of uh, damage control a bit later or just having no memory of what you were doing. Michelle, as we close off with you, perhaps give us some tips and pointers on what we should be doing to stay healthy in order for us to enjoy our sex lives and not be dependent on medication unless it's really, really necessary. Yeah, I think the first and foremost is start learning yourself sexually. Masturbation is a great way for you to, and we've talked about this before, for you to understand uh, both what you like, what you're not so into, so you can communicate with that with your partner. Masturbation can also, for men, um, they can learn how to sustain and prolong erection without ejaculation through the process of edging. Um, and so I love masturbation for a great way to stay uh, sexually healthy. Also, getting tested, making sure you know your status, your HIV status and your STI statuses. Um, if you do have an STI, making sure that you are uh, going to a physician to get that treated. Using condoms. I mean, this is just like the health part of this, right? So you don't have any unplanned pregnancies and or contract an STI or HIV. Um, being communicative with your partner about what you like. And then overall health. Remember, you are what you eat. So if you want to have some good funk, don't treat your body with the funk. Because if you're eating a lot of unhealthy foods and you're not drinking enough water or taking in enough vegetables and fruit, uh, your funk, your ejaculate, is going to smell and probably taste uh, bad. And it go, same goes for women. If you're not eating healthy, if you're not drinking enough water, if, and, and wash yourself regularly. Um, and, and if you're not taking care of yourself health-wise, your sex life is going to be impacted. The best self, sex starts with self, and that's self-care, you know? Mm. Mm. The best sex starts with self. And on that note, Michelle, please give us uh, the contact details or even your handles on social media where we can be in touch with you. 
Absolutely. Um, please find me on all social media at mhsexpert or www.mhsexpert.com. Um, you know, I teach classes. Uh, I do uh, couples, singles, coaching, and I would love to hear from all of you. Thank you so very much, Michelle. We really, really appreciate uh, speaking to you. Looking forward to another discussion in the near future. Absolutely, Patricia. I love you, girl. Love you. Thank you very much and uh, have a blessed day further.